This episode of the MedBullet Step 1 podcast will go over the topic of testing and screening from the stats section on MedBullets.com. As a quick overview, diagnostic testing performance is measured in a variety of ways. Sensitivity and specificity describe the frequency of test results by disease status. Positive and negative predictive value describe the frequency of disease status by test result. And finally, precision and accuracy describe different types of variation in test results. Now, let's talk about sensitivity, specificity, positive predictive value, and negative predictive value in a bit more detail. So these four measures describe how well diagnostic tests capture the true presence or absence of disease. Predictive value changes with disease prevalence, sensitivity, and specificity do not. Again, predictive value changes with disease prevalence, while sensitivity and specificity do not. A 2x2 contingency table can help with calculations. Sensitivity means percent of people with the disease who also test positive. So as an equation, sensitivity equals A over A plus C, which equals the true positives over the true positives plus false negatives. Again, sensitivity equals A over A plus C, which equals true positives over true positives plus false negatives. Remember that highly sensitive tests are good at ruling out disease. So remember the mnemonic rule out snout. So again, highly sensitive tests are good at ruling out disease, rule out snout. Tests with high sensitivity are good for screening purposes. For example, COVID-19 testing would benefit from high sensitivity so all potential cases can be isolated quickly, even if that means briefly isolating those who do not have the disease until follow-up test results return. Finally, remember that false negative rate equals 1 minus sensitivity. Moving on to specificity, this is the percent of people without the disease who also test negative. Written as an equation, specificity equals D over B plus D, which equals true negatives over false positives plus true negatives. Again, specificity written as an equation equals D over B plus D, which equals true negatives over false positives plus true negatives. Remember that highly specific tests are good at ruling in disease, so remember the mnemonic rule in spin. Again, highly specific tests are good at ruling in disease, so remember rule in spin. Tests with high specificity are good confirmatory tests. For example, after a patient screens positive for HIV on a rapid test, the confirmatory test should be highly specific to ensure that the person is not given a false positive diagnosis of a serious illness. Finally, remember that a false positive rate equals 1 minus specificity. Moving on to positive predictive value, or PPV, this is the percent of positive test results that are true positives. So written as an equation, positive predictive value equals A over A plus B, which equals true positives over true positives plus false positives. Again, positive predictive value equals A over A plus B, which equals true positives over true positives plus false positives. Remember that increased prevalence causes increased positive predictive value. Moving on to negative predictive value, or NPV, this is the percent of negative test results that are also true negatives. Written as an equation, negative predictive value equals D over C plus D, which equals true negatives over false negatives plus true negatives. Again, negative predictive value equals D over C plus D, which equals true negatives over false negatives plus true negatives. Remember that increased prevalence causes a decrease in negative predictive value. The cutoff point for positivity may be adjusted to optimize sensitivity and specificity for different purposes, which are inversely related. 
so the cutoff point with decreased sensitivity is associated with increased specificity and vice versa. Receiver Operating Characteristic or ROC curves are a graphical depiction of a test's overall diagnostic performance. So on the y-axis will be sensitivity and the x-axis is 1 minus specificity. The closer the curve fills out the top left corner, the better the test is. Performance is quantified by the area under the curve or AUC. An AUC of 0.5 states that the test performs no better than chance. This is a bad test. An AUC of 0.9 suggests a better performing test. Now let's talk about likelihood ratios. Likelihood ratios are also used to assess diagnostic test performance in isolation or in sequence. Likelihood ratios do not change with disease prevalence. These represent the probability of a patient with a disease having a positive or negative test result in comparison to the probability of a patient without the disease having a positive or negative test result. So now let's talk about positive likelihood ratios. So this refers to how many times more likely is a positive test result observed in cases versus non-cases. This suggests how well a disease is ruled in. So a positive likelihood ratio equals the probability of a positive test in cases over the probability of a positive test in non-cases. The positive likelihood ratio equals the true positives over the false positives. Or to think about it in another way, it's also sensitivity over one minus specificity. So written as an equation, this will be A over A plus C divided by 1 minus D over B plus D, or A over A plus C divided by B over B plus D. A positive likelihood ratio of greater than 1 suggests that patients with the disease are more likely to have a positive result compared to those without the disease. Now let's talk about negative likelihood ratios. So this refers to how many times more likely is a negative test result observed in cases versus non-cases. So this suggests how well a disease is ruled out. A negative likelihood ratio equals the probability of a negative test in cases over the probability of a negative test in non-cases. It also equals the false negatives over the true negatives. To think about it another way, it also equals 1 minus sensitivity over specificity. And written out as an equation, a negative likelihood ratio equals 1 minus A over A plus C divided by D over B plus D or C over A plus C divided by D over B plus D. A negative likelihood ratio of less than one suggests that patients with the disease are less likely to have a negative result compared to those without the disease. Now let's end this review session talking about precision and accuracy. Precision is also known as reliability. It's consistent, reproducible, with no random variation, while accuracy reflects the true value and there's no systematic variation. Okay, so now that we've gone over the major points about this topic, let's go over a few questions to apply the information and get a sense of how this topic has been tested on past exams. The first question reads, current recommendations state that a single hemoglobin A1C value of greater than 6.5% is diagnostic of diabetes mellitus. If this 6.5% cutoff is to be increased to 7%, which of the following would be true? And the choices are one, increase in false negative test results, two, increase in false positive test results, three, decrease in true negative test results, four, increase in true positive test results, and five, decrease in test specificity. The correct answer to this question is one, increase in false negative test results. 
So an increase in the cutoff value of a test leads to an increase in the number of false negatives. In other words, the higher the threshold for diagnosis, the more individuals who actually have diabetes mellitus there falsely test negative for the disease. For the majority of diagnostic tests, where results are reported on a continuous scale, the test result distributions of both patients with the disease and patients without the disease overlap. Any cutoff level requires a certain balance between the false positive rate causing healthy patients to undergo unnecessary further testing and or treatment versus the false negative rate causing patients with the disease to go undiagnosed and untreated. Note that a gold standard for identifying diseased versus normal patients is necessary for a cutoff point to function appropriately. Sharp et al. reviewed the use of depression screening in primary care settings. The screening modalities used assign a score to a patient's specific symptoms with higher scores indicating more severe and frequent symptoms of depression. These screening tests are not designed to diagnose depression. Rather, they help to identify patients that might benefit from a more thorough interview and assessment for depressive disorders. The screening test does not measure many important aspects required for the diagnosis of depression, such as length of symptoms, degree of impairment from the symptoms, or comorbid psychiatric issues. Dauma et al. discussed modifying the cutoff value of D-dimer level to improve safe exclusion of pulmonary embolism in older adults. The old cutoff was 500 micrograms per liter. However, the authors proposed increasing the cutoff level for patients to be cutoff equaling the patient's age times 10. This new cutoff value is associated with an increased number of elderly patients who have pulmonary embolism safely excluded as a diagnosis. To quickly go over the incorrect answers, answer 2, increasing the cutoff point of a test is associated with a decrease in false positive test results. Answer 3, increasing the cutoff point of a test is associated with an increase in true negative test results. Answer 4, increasing the cutoff point of a test is associated with a decrease in true positive test results. And answer 5, increasing the cutoff point of a test leads to an increase in test specificity and a decrease in sensitivity. Moving on to the next question, an at-home recreational drug screening test kit is currently being developed. They consult you for assistance with determining an ideal cutoff point for the level of the serum marker in the test kit. This cutoff point will determine what level of serum marker is associated with a positive or negative test with serum marker levels greater than the cutoff point indicative of a positive test and vice versa. The cutoff level is initially set at 4 mg per microliter, which is associated with a sensitivity of 92% and a specificity of 97%. How will the sensitivity and specificity of the test change if the cutoff level is raised to 6 mg per microliter? And the choices are 1. Sensitivity decreases and specificity also decreases. 2. Sensitivity increases and specificity decreases. 3. Sensitivity decreases and specificity increases. 4. Sensitivity increases and specificity also increases and five, sensitivity decreases and specificity may increase or decrease. The correct answer to this question is three, sensitivity decreases and specificity increases. So when the cutoff point of a test is increased, this is associated with an increase in specificity or true negatives over true negatives plus false positives and a decrease in sensitivity or true positives over true positives plus false negatives. Sensitivity and specificity are inversely related. In the context of a diagnostic test, moving a cutoff point to identify more patients with the disease increases sensitivity, 
However, this comes at the expense of decreased specificity with more false positives occurring. Conversely, minimizing false positives leads to increased specificity at the expense of decreased sensitivity or more false negatives. Ultimately, a cutoff point should be found where a balance is struck between optimal sensitivity and specificity values within a certain clinical context. Sharp and Lipsky discuss various tools for screening for depression. The cutoff levels for these screening tools have been optimized to strike the optimal balance between obtaining the highest sensitivity and specificity possible for detecting symptoms suggestive of depression. Such screening tests may be manipulated by clinicians through increasing or decreasing cutoff points, and thereby altering sensitivity and specificity of the test for diagnosis or the need to pursue further workup. Ohl et al. discussed the use of the Alvarado score for predicting acute appendicitis. A cutoff value of 5 is used to rule out appendicitis as a reason for admission, while a cutoff value of 7 is used to rule in appendicitis and proceed to surgery. When the cutoff moves from 5 to 7, the sensitivity decreases with a goal towards increased specificity. To quickly go over the incorrect answers, answers 1, 4, and 5 are incorrect as increasing the cutoff point is associated with decreased sensitivity and increased specificity. Answer 2 is incorrect as lowering the cutoff point is associated with increased sensitivity and decreased specificity. Moving on to the next question. A 36-year-old female presents to clinic inquiring about the meaning of a previous negative test result from a new HIV screening test. The efficacy of this new screening test for HIV has been assessed by comparison against existing gold standard detection of HIV RNA via PCR. The study includes 1,000 patients with 850 HIV-negative patients by PCR receiving a negative test result, 30 HIV-negative patients receiving a positive test result, 100 HIV-positive patients receiving a positive test result, and 20 HIV-positive patients receiving a negative test result. Which of the following is most likely to increase the negative predictive value for this test? And the choices are 1. Increased prevalence of HIV in the tested population. 2. Decreased prevalence of HIV in the tested population. 3. Increased number of false positive test results. 4. Increased number of false negative test results. And 5. Decreased number of false positive test results. The correct answer to this question is 2. Decreased prevalence of HIV in the tested population. So negative predictive value describes the probability that a patient with a negative test result actually does not have the disease. Negative predictive value is dependent on disease prevalence with a lower disease prevalence leading to a higher negative predictive value. Negative predictive value is calculated as the number of true negatives divided by the total number of negative test results, for example, the sum of both true negatives and false negatives. A high negative predictive value is indicative of a relatively small number of false negatives. Therefore, a high negative predictive value is beneficial in a screening test for its increased ability to accurately rule out disease. Doust et al. discussed the role of BNP testing in the diagnosis of heart failure. BNP testing is an excellent example of a test with high negative predictive value being particularly helpful for ruling out disease, in this case heart failure. Gallagher discusses the improved clinical utility of likelihood ratios in comparison to positive or negative predictive values. Predictive values are numerically unstable due to their vulnerability to variation with disease prevalence. Likelihood ratios incorporate the numerical stability of sensitivity and specificity, and they can be combined with pretest probabilities to yield post-test probability estimates. 
So positive likelihood ratio equals sensitivity divided by 1 minus specificity, and negative likelihood ratio equals 1 minus sensitivity divided by specificity. Moving on to the next question. Health officials are considering a change be made to the interpretation of the tuberculin skin test that will change the cutoff for a positive purified protein derivative, or PPD, from 10 millimeters to 5 millimeters for healthcare workers. Which of the following is a true statement regarding this potential change? And the choices are 1. This change will decrease the positive predictive value of the test. 2. This change will decrease the negative predictive value of this test. 3. This change will not affect the negative predictive value of this test. 4. This change will not change the sensitivity of the test. And 5. This change will increase the specificity of the test. The correct answer to this question is 1. This change will decrease the positive predictive value of the test. So this change will increase the sensitivity of the test, and assuming the prevalence of the disease in healthcare workers has not changed, will decrease the positive predictive value. The positive predictive value of a test describes the probability that an individual will have the disease if they receive a positive test result. In the case of changing the threshold for a positive PPD, a lower cutoff will result in more positive test results, both true and false positives. The increase in false positives will be disproportionately larger than the increase in true positives when the incidence of disease is unchanged. As a result, the positive predictive value will decrease. Durant et al. discussed the use of the tuberculin skin test in screening for individuals with latent tuberculosis infection. They note that different thresholds are used for different populations based on the tuberculosis risk. This strategy takes into account the variability in positive predictive value and negative predictive value of a test based on the prevalence of a disease within the population being tested. The CDC guidelines identify populations at risk for contracting TB that ought to be screened. These include individuals with HIV, IV drug users, homeless persons, foreign-born persons, and healthcare workers. They report that mandated skin testing programs should be discouraged unless the targeted groups contain substantial proportions of persons at high risk. And moving on to the final question. As a public health practitioner, you are charged with choosing which blood test to use for the screening of a new infectious disease. You want to ensure that as many cases of this disease as possible are picked up by this initial screening test. Which of the following is the highest priority characteristic of this new test? And the choices are 1. Highly sensitive test. 2. Highly specific test. 3. Low false positive rate. 4. High true positive rate and five, low negative predictive value. The correct answer to this question is one, highly sensitive test. So in order to capture as many infected people as possible, the most important characteristic is that the test be highly sensitive. Such a test will often be designed with the cutoff point that is more inclusive and often therefore less specific. Sensitivity is defined as the percentage of individuals with the disease who actually test positive. It is calculated by the true positives divided by the true positives plus the false negatives. As reviewed by Potter et al., the standard screening for patients suspected of having active pulmonary tuberculosis includes sending three induced sputum samples for acid-fast bacillus smear and culture. If there is evidence of extrapulmonary tuberculosis, samples should be obtained from these sites and sent for smears and cultures as well. 
The official statement of the American Thoracic Society and the Centers for Disease Control describes how cut points are optimized for defining positive tuberculin reactions for the screening of tuberculosis. Individuals who are immunocompromised because of disease or medications are more likely to progress to active disease if they are infected with mycobacterium tuberculosis. Therefore, it is recommended that a lower cut point, for example 5 millimeters, be used to separate positive from negative reactions. This helps to ensure that fewer individuals infected with mycobacterium tuberculosis will be classified as having negative reactions or false negatives, although there will end up being individuals not infected with tubercle bacilli who are classified as having positive reactions or false positives. To quickly go over the incorrect answers, answer 2, high specificity is not as important as sensitivity when trying to capture all potential cases during screening. Answer 3, a low false positive rate is related to high specificity. Again, not as important when trying to capture all cases. Answer four, a high true positive rate is important, but in the case of wanting to capture as many cases as possible, it is lower priority than high sensitivity. And finally, answer five, a low negative predictive value would be associated with a test that had low sensitivity. When trying to capture all cases, the test ought to have a high negative predictive value. That's all for this review about testing and screening. Hopefully that was helpful. This is the MedBullets Step 1 podcast, a daily audio review session by MedBullets, the free learning and collaboration community for medical student education. Keep in mind that these podcasts are designed to go along with the topics on MedBullets.com, and in fact, you can listen to these episodes right on the MedBullets website while going through the topic. If you've gotten any value from the MedBullets Step 1 podcast so far, please consider leaving us a five-star rating and writing us a review on Apple Podcasts. It will help us spread the word and increase our discoverability tremendously. Thanks so much, and we'll see you all tomorrow.